Greetings, you're listening to the Match Mary Mate Show, where Black women learn how to get their love lives together. Here I guide you on your dating and relationship journey, empower you with feminine presence, power, and charm, teach you how to navigate and negotiate your needs and desires with men. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and welcome to another episode, Love Bugs. Remember, this season is titled Experiences, and we're journeying through various events on a dating, relationship, and marriage trajectory. This season, we're tapping into our solar plexus, which invites us to set intentions and the power of I do. And I've designed season three to help you unlock your personal power and build a stronger sense of self with seven select stories I've curated for you. This is our fourth story of the season. In our last story, episode 17, Her Dating Dry Spell, we covered aspects of womanhood, female power, attachment styles, and relationship dynamics. And we're going to keep that same energy today, too. You're listening to episode 18 of our regular season titled Her Relationship Gym. I want you to have access to today's interview questions and some really good quotes. So I designed an episode guide for you. Be sure to download it. Stay tuned at the end of the show for more details about the next episode coming. First, let's begin with the power of affirmation. We start every episode with an affirmation as a way to center self, listen to the body, and honor our spirit. Ask yourself, how are you today? What moods, feelings, or emotions come up? Use that energy to speak life, wholeness, and healing over yourself using the power of your own voice. Speak it into existence with an I or I do. I do a great job with my self-work and dating. I do my best in each interaction. I do everything in my power to have the love life that I want. Hey y'all, welcome, welcome again. Today, Timka, a current Match Mary Mate client, and I are having a womanly conversation about the power of transformation, not just in her dating life, though she will give us the deets there today, but also in her own identity as a woman. I have watched her in just a year shift her mindset, do her work, check herself, redesign her sister circles, and create connection and intimacy with a male suitor. From personal skills to communication skills to relationship skills, she's embraced it all to become the transformed woman that she is today. And she has some relationship gems to share with us. Timka tells about her dating story, tough lessons learned, and how she kicked that Mr. Nice Guy type to the curb. And that's in a good way. We're going to hear how she divorced herself from her people-pleasing ways and learn how to have assertive conversations. 
Then it starts to get good, good. She offers real life examples. And Tempka does not mind giving us a play-by-play on her connections and communications with the last man she dated. But the first man she had the chance to employ her new womanly and dating skills. We explore emotional regulation, masculine and feminine pairing, and what to do with still developing or underdevelopment and righteous rejection. I'm earning my PhD in this work to be in the best position to support my community. Also, studies show that with proper relationship education, we can produce smarter, safer, and happier romantic decisions that improve the quality of our relationships and our families as we match, marry, and mate. Because why, y'all? Black love matters, and we're in much need of some Black family restoration. Y'all, I'm so excited to have Timka here with me today, but let me introduce her in. So Timka is a 32-year-old native ATLian who has traveled the world but will forever be a Southern girl at heart. She considers herself an amateur tennis enthusiast, a beginner interior designer, and lover of the show Girlfriends. She prides herself as a great daughter, sister, friend, colleague, and member of her Atlanta community. What's up, Timka? Hi, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Or afternoon or whatever time it is that you're listening to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Listen, I read that bio. That could have easily been me. I love having a fellow AT alien and a Southern girl at heart. So I can't wait to see what magic we make. So Timka, thank you for being here. Your dating journey has been so transformative. Sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, is this the same girl? (laughs) People always ask me, um, how long is it going to take to like do this self-work and this womanly work where I feel confident and secure, um, not just in myself, but also like in my dating game. And I'm like, girl, that depends on you. It could be six months. It could be three years I've seen. And so I feel like the transformation should be told, maybe even memorialized. So thank you for wanting to share your journey and enlighten and empower other women. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Um, So I can just walk you through my journey and we can kind of talk through, I think, the major inflection points, the pivots, if you will, that kind of put some some light bulbs like, oh, I need a little help. Um, So As you mentioned, I'm from Atlanta, born and raised here. My mom's actually from Mississippi, so I spent a lot of my time in the country. Um, And I only mention that because I later moved to New York in my career, and that was like a light bulb, (laughs) a little different environment. So I grew up in an all-Black neighborhood. I went to an all-Black elementary school, middle school, high school. When I say all-Black, all of my teachers were Black. I'm very fortunate and blessed to have had that experience. So that means that I saw myself every day. Um, It wasn't abnormal for me to see Black folks in position of leadership. Um, And so I think that that planted a seed of, like, you can do anything, literally. Um, And that also planted a seed and growing up with the parents, I did, uh, you're going to go to college and you're going to be great. And not a if, but a, but a win. So get ready. 
Um, and because of that, when I was in high school and middle school, my focus was on the books, not on the boys. I maybe had a little crush here or there, but I was trying to do my homework. So I got to college. Um, and I did. I went to HBCU undergrad. Amazing experience. No regrets. But again, when I was in school, my focus was on the books, not the boys. I dated a couple of guys here and there. Matter of fact, one of them guys called me recently. Um, <laughs> but I ultimately was just like, I'm trying to be successful. What does that look like? Um, so I really enjoyed college and undergrad, but I will also say I took myself too seriously. I didn't have enough fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so got my degree, moved to New York City to do what? Work. I became an investment <laughs> banker. Um, straight out of undergrad, a little Southern black girl, moved to New York City. I was one of like two or three black analysts in my investment banking class. So that means there were 200 of us and there were like two black folks, three black right. folks, right? Um, and so reality is I immediately fell into a world where I was working you know, 60, 70 hour weeks, Saturdays in the office, Sunday nights in the office. And so was I having a lot of fun in New York? Yes. I lived in Harlem. We went out every weekend. We had boozy brunch every Sunday. It was a great time to be, you know, 27 and I spent 22 to 27 in New York. But was I focused on dating? Eh, I went out. I had a little bit of fun. Um, but was I more focused on my career, figuring out the next step, always thinking ahead, that was the focus. And so when I decided to leave New York and go to business school at 27, I looked around and was like, oh, I've never really dated anyone seriously, seriously, like really invested the proper amount of time and energy into that pursuit. And so I walked into grad school like, okay, I'm going to have fun. Right. That's the the position of most folks who work for five years and go to a top grad school. You don't just go to go to school. You go to have a good time. It's a two year break from real from the real life. I didn't know because I didn't have any experience. I just told y'all all all I did was study, work, go to a party here or here. When I graduated, I graduated into the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. So I ended up moving back to it. Like I was supposed to move back to New York and take the city like over, blah, blah, blah. But then the pandemic happened. I was like, oh, no, I'm moving back home to my mama house. And that's what I did. I spent a year um, back at home with my parents. So I turned 30 back with my parents. It was me and my parents and a cake. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. And I met a young man um, and we dated for call it eight months. That was a very tumultuous dating situation. I should not have dated him as long as I did. Um, but again, I don't, I want to have these two, two men in the background for real, right? Like I didn't really understand that like you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not your man. You can't. Yeah, so that was not fun. It was not fun. It was not, it was, it was, we had fun moments, but looking back on it, was it a fun time? No. And so at that point, I had moved out of my parents' house, got my own place. My job offered me the opportunity to move to London. Um, and so 
you know, call it five months later. I got to, to hop myself on a boat and go over to London for six months, which was amazing. Um, but before I left, I started dating someone new. And um, I think for the purpose of this, of this, we'll call him Chef Bay. And Chef um, during Bay. That time, <laughs> hey, I started dating Chef Bay during that time. And um, right before I left, I had decided, you know what? I need some help on this dating journey. I found someone on Instagram that I followed, and I was like, let me try her program. And her program was amazing in that it made me realize that, like, actually, I'm the secret sauce here. Hey. Like, it's, it's me. I, I actually can attract who I want, right? I don't have to just accept whoever comes, because that's what I was doing. I was like, oh, he likes me? Cool. That's my man. When it's like, no, girl, you don't know nothing about this man. He could be crazy. You, like, you have to give yourself time to get to know people. So I had done, I believe it was like a three-month program. Um, I had met Chef Bay. The program had ended. So formerly, you know, at that point, you were kind of on your own. You had your resources and your tools and your knowledge you learned from the program um but did i have once again the proper amount of experience to navigate with someone like a chef Bay? so i'll give a little bit of background about him he was also older um so when i dated him i was 31 he had to be 38 um and this was a grown man he really was walking in his purpose as a chef he worked really, really hard. Um, he was like, listen, I'm trying to get married one day. And anywho, we dated. Um, it was a good time. There was a situation that came up with my ex that I had dated earlier, and I felt like I needed to be transparent and just tell everything. Oh, no. Um, which was a mistake, yes. <laughs> um, looking back on it, I can see that I had like a servant's heart. That was the intention, right. right? But the message was not delivered appropriately. I did not consider um, everyone's feelings involved. And while I was just trying to be helpful, I do think that ultimately um, it wasn't helpful for everybody, right? right. So I ended up even, I ended up going to London. I did leave for London. Don't want to want to show that I did leave. And I left going no contact with my ex. I left having to call my ex's mom and tell her, like, your son needs some help. And then I ended up, Chef Bay and I ended up disconnecting as well. So I literally got on the, the flight to London like, well, I guess I'm free. <laughs> Which, like, I really decided, you know what, these six months that I'm in London, I'm going to do all the things I want to do. Because I'm single, I'm a young woman, I make good money, why not? And that's what I did. Um, and so that period of like taking a break and deciding, you know what, let me just experience what I need to experience for me, help me come back to the States and America with a renewed mind and a renewed sense of, okay, let me reach out to someone like Joyce. To revamp and really rethink about how do I get to my ultimate dating goals. So that's when I met Joyce. Um, her and I worked together. I did match Mary Mate, uh, cohort seven, I think. Right? 
seven. Uh, And the program was transformative. It made me realize that like, yes, I'm the secret sauce, which we had established, Mm -hmm. right? But that secret sauce is no good if you don't know what you're looking for. If you just out here, I'm going to accept everything. Like that's not, that's not how it works. That's not how it works and not get you great results. And it also made me realize that this isn't a journey that you can really do alone. And while I had accountability partners, um, they were also on their own journeys. And so the advice that they were giving me may not have been reflective of what I actually truly needed to hear based upon where I wanted to be. So those are all of the major pivot moments that I've had. Um, And I think ultimately there was a strong desire for something different, something new. There has to be a new way of doing things because what I did before isn't working. And so meeting Coach Joyce, doing Match Mary Mate, um, and then deciding to do, you know, our, our individual coaching really was, I think the transformation, the, the, the like catalyst to get me over the hump. Yeah. I love that you, I love that you owned your mistake because usually, and I, I understand what the dating market can look like specifically for black women or even certain kinds of black women. And I'll never invalidate that. But usually when I'm also working with women and they share their relationship history, there's at least, one guy where they fumbled at least one and i think it takes a humble act to say i actually had a decent man a good man who we probably could have done something meaningful but i was too inexperienced or i was too whatever made a mistake and it cost me the connection Um, but i also love that you don't harp there like sometimes women can't get over the fact that they let somebody go or that they didn't, you know, know any better. And you don't do that either. You're like, I made the mistake, I'm gonna own it, but I'm also gonna get back out here and try again and not live in the past or not just over identify with a quote unquote lost man. A lot of how you navigated that, how you delivered certain communication and presented certain things played a huge role as to why Chef Bay had a sour taste in his mouth and just decided to, you know, exit stage left. So I love to hear that. So what are some things that you've had to rethink? Um, some questions that you've had to check yourself on, or maybe you question your beliefs on, as well as just how you ha- how you have had to completely shift in a new space. Take us away. We have to be comfortable with the fact that. I'm not for everyone and everyone's not for me. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. Um, I think that's something like a deep-seated thing for me is I just want everyone to like me. Right. Why don't you like me? Why wasn't I invited? And it's like, girl, that's not how the life works. You're not going to invite everybody either. So I think that is something that I realized in the first program, but it really kicked up in Match Mary Mate when I realized there are men out there who like you, but aren't your man. That's not your man. He could like you all day. He could he could admire you from afar, right? Yes. But that's still not your man. Um, and getting comfortable with the idea that you can be a nice, kind, 
you know, loving man, um, but you're not in alignment. That was a huge mindset thing for me to realize that I had the power and ability to say, no, thank you. Thank you, but no, thank you. And to do so with kindness and respect and maturity. Thank you. Um, is really important. Being nice and kind and, you know, being romantic, all those things are beautiful and wonderful, but that's not enough. That's unfortunately, it's just not. And if I'm dating for marriage, which I am, I do desire marriage one day, and I do desire a child one day, I need to be with a man who I feel like I can trust to lead me, right? And not just lead me to like serving, you know, the homeless, but he needs to lead me to, to really think about how are we serving our community? Do we really align on our principles? Are we thinking a lot of the same way? So um, that was huge. And then I think the other side of that coin is when there's a lot misalignment, um, for you know, maybe a man says something a little strange on a date, or um, you know, he he does something that you're like, oh, wait a minute, you are allowed to one be curious about it to say, oh, wait a minute, you said X Y Z, I wanted to investigate that a little bit. Let me be curious about it. Exactly. And if it really bothers you, you're allowed to walk away. You're allowed to say, you know what? No, no, thank you. I actually don't want to go down this road um, versus just ignoring the issue. That's not going to help you because it's going to come back up because people, people love patterns. I think that's important. And then I think the last lesson is getting comfortable. And my therapist has also called me out on this. So shout out to, to Nikki, my therapist. Um, Getting comfortable with assertive conversation. It is your job to bring up your principles, concerns, and issues. And don't just ignore, wait, delay if you feel like you need to have those conversations. Now, I'm not saying you walk in on date three and be like, you know, you're going to pay all my bills when we get married. I mean, like, oh, no, no. there are ways to do that. <laughs> That's not, no, that's not how you would do that. But it's okay to ask, you know, what is your religious background? What do you believe in? Um, how do you believe in raising children? Like, it's okay to ask these questions if that is your ultimate concern. Um, and I think before I would just be like, I don't want to make him mad. I don't want to piss him off. <laughs> I don't want to run him away. But demand for you is willing to at least engage in the conversation right right you may not agree with what he has to say but it's important that you understand his perspective um which we'll talk about later in terms of like learning how to listen <laughs> so <laughs> definitely my lessons learned yes audience you can't see her face but when she said learn how to listen <laughs> It is so important. Um, obviously, we want to make sure what we are expending out to men, they are showing us something to where the effort to do that makes sense. But you do have to, when it comes to quality communication, effective communication, listening is one half of the experience. And so I meet so many women who are like, I'm a good communicator. 
I'm like, mm, I think you mean you deliver your communication well, which is different than listening and receiving someone else's communication in a healthy and in an effective way. So I really appreciate you saying that. But yes, a lot of Black women, when I say, well, you have to learn how to listen, they give that look you just gave like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that work up front. What is it about y'all, Timka? I mean, who wants to, when I know I'm right, why I got to listen to you? You, I can really a, answer that question, but we not, yeah. we not here for me to do that kind of teaching because there is value in listening to someone even when you are right. But one of the major yeah. questions that I will say back to that is, well, do you want to be right or do you want a relationship? You know, because you're you're not going to see eye to eye. No two people on the planet see eye to eye about everything. Neither will you and your boo. Neither will you and your husband. And when y'all have this child, neither will you and those children. It's just not realistic. So more than trying to make somebody see it your way so you can be right, or more than trying to contort or over-accommodate yourself so that they can be comfortable, Let's just one, look for alignment, like how you said, and then also learn good communication skills so that we can communicate well. And the idea that we're gonna always see eye to eye is not there. So then what's the next best thing? Oh, let's learn how to communicate when we are in our imperfection. So can you give us some new lessons that you've learned and how they've landed in your life, particularly with your your dates, I mean, I know a lot about your dating journey and your dating activity. And of course the audience mm -hmm. doesn't. So these new, these new lessons that you are learning in this new space of uh, what do you what do you call the the evolved or the transformed version of yourself? Usually people have a name. Do you have one? We've shed the 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 caterpillar cocoon or whatever, like I'll just say that my most recent dating experience has really grown me up um, in a way that was unexpected. And so now I'm like, okay, I guess I'm a little butterfly or something. I don't know. I need to figure Butterfly out. Simka. <laughs> Let's do that. I love it. Somebody, somebody get me a kimono or something and I'm going to be out here. Um, but, oh, the last lesson I wanted to mention was Joyce. You have been instrumental in teaching me is the importance, we didn't mention this, but I'm going to mention it, the importance of when something happens, you don't react. You take a moment to process. That could be five minutes. That could be a day. That could be a week. That could be two weeks. It could be as long as you need, but allowing yourself and giving yourself the room to take a step back and say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna journal about it. I got my journal right here. I'm gonna journal about it. I'm gonna talk to a girlfriend about it. I'm gonna go cry about it. And then let me come back to you. Y'all, if I had done that in the past, see, if I had done it in the past, I probably, we won't, we won't I don't know, we don't know what, what could have been, but like, I think I would have had so much um, better, so much more positive results from some of these difficult conversations 
if I had given myself the room and the space and the grace to say, I really don't have a response right now, I need some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to be honest, you know, let's remember that men have anxious attachment styles too. Some of them experience anxiety around that. I need space. But you have to be, let me say, I think you've said it before. Man, a man will have the audacity. <laughs> they have the audacity to do so much audacity. Some, do things. And so you should also have the audacity to be like, I'm not ready to talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. I need a few. Mm-hmm. So you show up as your best self, not you showing up, you know, neck twirling, you yelling, you coming out of yourself. Your blood pressure going up? No, sis, we're not doing that. Uh-uh. Just go handle it by yourself and then come back. And so one of the superpowers as a woman is our ability to be emotionally intelligent. We have, and it's not super higher than men's ability, but it is a little bit more advanced um, than our male counterparts our ability to be emotionally intelligent and really be able to perceive emotion, kind of read bodily gestures and little imperceptibilities for what's going on. It is a sixth sense of ours that women usually have and they have it in a way that men just don't or where it's more advanced. Um, women do possess, women do possess that ability. That is a superpower. The kryptonite is that the moment we feel something, we want to do something with it that moment. We want it, we want it to be immediate. We want to get in your face about it, right? And a little bit of that is kind of what you say, I know I'm right. Not right in terms of morally right or wrong or even accurately right or wrong for whatever the situation could be, but I know I'm right in terms of I know what I feel. I know what I sense. Or maybe I know you lying, or I know you hiding, or I know you not telling the truth. You know, like your intuition, your emotionality, you probably are right in the fact that you are sensing that, right? But you can't project your senses onto anybody. Neither can you demand that they be inserted into the reality of whatever is being discussed or spoken about. So that is our kryptonite. Right. And so my job as your dating coach, your relationship coach is to develop your female identity more is to mature the womanliness in you because you are going to absolutely need it if you want to be in a marriage. Right. Because it requires you as a woman, as a wife, it requires you to be able to work through so many moving pieces while you maintain who you are. You can't lose yourself and be available for a man in the ways that you committed, you said vows, right? So I want you to work on those skills even now. And that's a big one. That is a huge one. And so I'm like, listen, girl, don't let your superpower turn into your kryptonite. Let it completely work as a superpower for you. Take the step to process it because your raw emotions are ugly. They are a great sensor for you, but they are ugly for you to start kind of like spewing out process them let them go through the filter of your superpower so that it comes out refined like a diamond because <laughs> aren't diamonds prettier than coal in the match mary make community we call that a fill and chill 
So I really appreciate you for describing how that has taken root in your own life and in, in your dating. The more you are able to manage your reactions and turn them into true responses because there's a refinery process in between, the more a man can feel emotionally safe with you. And then listen, the things that a man is willing to do, give, share, include, cover, provide, protect, please, all of it, when he feels emotionally safe in your presence, you have something in that category where you're like, I realized in my feeling chill moments, in taking my reactions, putting them through the refinery and then giving back responses, how much the emotional temperature is on me and how when I set that to be warm and cozy, I experience men differently. If you have that in this last dating experience, please share. Yes. So um, my most recent dating experience, we dated for what, five months-ish. Um, I met him at the gym, so we'll call him Jim Bay. He came up to me, actually. <laughs> Whole story. Um, and he is someone that I, well, let me say this. We are still friends, and he is a man that I found to be very vision-driven. If you studied male archetypes, I felt like he was solidly in his warrior archetype, which meant he allowed or he let a lot of anger be his driver. Um, but then at the same time, he had a goofy side, a sweet side, a romantic side. Um, but he was a man, or he is a man, that I think is working through what it means to show up as himself in life. Like, what does it mean to be a grown man, to have a son, and to want to show up as myself? Um, and to lead my son the correct way, and to show up as a family man, all those things. And um, with him, <laughs> I learned a lot about allowing him his room to process. Just as I need room to process, a man needs room to process. And we have to remember that male emotions often come out as anger. He could be sad. He could be frustrated. He could be, uh, you know, discontent. And it'll often come up as anger, but he's not mad at me, right? right. That has nothing to do with me. And so I'm not, I'm not going to take that personal. I'm going to allow him to work it out. I'm going to say, baby, maybe you should just go to the gym, right? Let him go to the gym, lift some heavy weights, and then he'll come back and kind of break down whatever is happening. So I think when we understand your power as a woman, as Joyce just said, is to kind of on the temperature in the room, just because you're upset doesn't mean I have to be upset. That don't have nothing to do with me, and I'm not going to take that on. Shout out to her. That's another therapist lesson. I can't take that on, right? That's none <laughs> of my business. None of my business. You can be mad and sit in a corner, and when you're ready to talk, hey, I'm right here, right? So giving him the reassurance that his anger didn't run me away, but also letting him know that your anger has nothing to do with me. So you can't, we, I'm not going to allow you to like take it out on me. Or um, manipulate me. Correct. Or use me as a, like, no, I established that very early. I think he said something to me that was a little rough. And so I responded in a little bit of a rough way. And he was like, Kenta, 
that was really rough. And I said, you started it. <laughs> like, this, you have to remember that, like, I'm going to give you back what you give me. I said, but I will also give you grace, right? And so that was an immediate moment where I had the opportunity to turn the volume down. I feel I was still practicing. I'm still practicing, right? And I turned the volume down on that conversation. And I said, why don't you tell me what's really going on? Exactly. Right? And he was like, oh, well, yeah, this is what's happening. Um, so it's not me sitting there being a punching bag. Absolutely not. If you know me, that, that's not, no. Right. Um, that's not how I that's not how I operate, but it is me understanding that I have power to help him kind of um, move past that initial feeling of anger to dig a little deeper. It's like, let's dig a little deeper into this. Um, and so I think understanding that I actually have this power in all of my romantic relationships going forward is a big deal for me. I don't think I understood my womanliness if you will or my womanly powers or how I can kind of use them for good it's not just you know femininity is not just wearing pink and sounding cute right it is understanding or even seducting men you have to be exactly I love that you said you learn your womanly power I have to be careful with who I teach that to because I have to trust that a woman is going to behave righteously I remember early when that first happened and I said to you, this, I don't know if this is your husband. I don't even know if this is your man, but I like the way, I like what is true about him enough where it can be a good mirror and a good, yeah. a good mate to both of you all kind of healing each other while mm-hmm. you work on skills. Love bugs. Timka and I are going to take a pause right here for a quick break, but we'll be right back in a bit. See you soon. And, you know, let me say this. This is a good man. One of my favorite compliments he's ever given me is that he did call me an inspiration. He said, you're inspiring. Yeah. I admire you. And I remember being like, oh, my God. The ultimate. And so, you know, understanding that I had the opportunity. And I think you just said it, Joyce. I didn't know. I don't know. Who knows what could happen in the future? This is not my man. You know, he's not my husband. I think that there could be an opportunity later. Who knows? We don't know. Like, I don't know. Right. But. You know, in these five months, I think has been one of the more mature relationships I've ever been a part of in terms of us coming both to the table to say, I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to ask you the hard questions. Yeah. Right. I'm going to dig a little deeper um, into your past, how it reflects how you show up today. Um, He... Because I was able to listen, he was very forthcoming. I think helping to create, you have the power to create a safe, really, really safe space for him to want to tell you everything. You, He wants to talk to you. He wants to open up. You're not pulling. I wasn't pulling out information because I didn't have to. You said something that reminded me about a quality of femininity I want to insert here. 
And that is femininity requires so much energy. It requires so much energy for it to be delivered in a very healthy and meaningful, valuable and impactful way. When I say that to women, whether they've heard that sentence before, they immediately resonate. Like I saw your face light up. And I don't think I've ever said that out loud to you before. It requires so much energy. One of the blessings to the amount of energy that it takes is that it requires, it almost forces a woman to be very strategic, very cunning on who she divvies it up to. Because one, you can't give it to everybody. If you give it, if you give it to everybody, or at least not in um, high levels, if you give it to everybody, then it's it's not special anymore, right? If you so, for example, my maternal energy, I give to my children so that they feel esteemed in that position. If I give that level of maternal energy to everybody, then my children, it's like, well, mommy, you do that to everybody. It's, we we don't really feel like special or like it's our own thing us and you right so i love that you said that because what you're tapping into is i realized how much i have to give out for this to be as beautiful as i want it to be so that puts me on guard to go who is worthy of this who is ready for this who has the quality that can complement this so I just wanted to put that out for those listening. And then you said two things about Jim Bay that I want to give him his props for because you know how I feel about giving Black men their props when they come correct. One, you said, um, we are still friends. And that is a testament to you and how I teach you all to navigate your relationships with men where you just see them as men, just see them as human beings and allow the course of whatever it is that you all are creating to be that and not you trying to force it to be anything. And so if it's friendship, it's friendship. So shout out to both of you all. And then you mentioned his warrior archetype, but you mentioned it in the shadow side, like the anger and those type of things, which is fine, but I wanna, I'm gonna give you know, there is the divine energy and there is the dark energy. I'm going to just add the divine energy to balance that man out. Our warriors in their divine energy, they take purposeful action, which yeah. I can give him. And they help you achieve your goals. He's definitely helped you achieve a lot of your femininity goals. And they give you like a sense of power and agency in the world. Um, which you can imagine on the dark side can come out as unprocessed sometimes as, you know, anger. I love that you said male emotions. Sometimes the presentation of it looks like anger. And as a woman with your emotional superpower, you should be able to perceive what it really is and help him um, get there, give him the space and give him maybe even some language or some softness to land to, to process that. So I'm giving you both your flowers there, but I really wanted to praise Jim Bay for his ability to show up in that way. And now let's slide over into male nature. So I am a woman who believes 
that there's power in balancing and complementing maleness and femaleness. So because of that, I like to make sure that my clients understand male nature, or at least as much as they can at the time. I'm not going to burden you with more than where you're at. But for where you are, I really want you to start understanding this is female nature, this is male nature, and for where I'm at, I'm learning how to complement that. Talk to us about the complementation, the connection, the intimacy that has taken place because you have understood who you are as a woman and what it means to be a woman and bring that energy to a male space. And the fact that he is a man and has operated in his manhood and has shown up for those exchanges to happen. Please educate us. He came over my house one day. I told him I was cooking dinner, whatever. And I had flowers on the table. And he was like, where'd you get those flowers? Who sent you flowers? And I was like, I bought myself flowers. Nope, ain't no eight. There's no one around here sending me flowers. It's me sending myself flowers, buying myself flowers. And he was like, oh. He was like, maybe I should send you flowers. Well, maybe you should. And now I didn't tell him, you need to be sending me flowers. I didn't do that, right? I let him see what I was already doing for myself, for me. I didn't have to be like, I need flowers and cards and candy. No, he saw what I was doing and how I showed up for myself. And he was like, I can do that. In fact, I can even, I can improve on it. Great. Take that challenge for yourself, right? I didn't have to tell him, this is, these are the things I want. Now, could I have? Sure. Um, but knowing the man that he is, would he have wanted me to be like, this is this is what you need to do. Not really, right? That just really wasn't his nature. Um, it really isn't. He's just still the same man. <laughs> you know, he is. Um, he's much more of a let me see it and I can beat it. Um, and then I think that's that warrior. That's another, exactly. Like, yeah, it just wasn't. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to show you what I do. And then you're going to do it better, <laughs> which was an important lesson for me to, to, to learn. Um, even thinking about, you know, he was really upset about something. And he started getting a little loud. He said, wow. <laughs> Instead of me getting loud back, I said, so, so what's the problem? I said it just like that. I said, so tell me what's the problem really here. And he was like, well, this is the issue when you blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. I said, you, he had told me to do something. I'm, I'm going to be honest, y'all. I didn't do what he asked me to do. I bet. And I said, you were, you were correct. I said it just like this. I said, you are correct. You asked me to do X, Y, Z. I didn't do it for you. I apologize. That's it. And he was like, Oh, well, I mean, you did apologize. <laughs> and he, like, turned on the TV. We were doing something, and um, the TV host, we were watching, like, some Animal Planet show because he likes Animal Planet like an old man. Anyway, the TV host was like, oh, you know, this is an example. These are why these deer eat grass to get their photons. And he was like, 
he was like, I guess I need to eat more greens or whatever. And I turned around and I was like, so you so you saying you like a deer now? And he was like, uh-uh, Timka, I'm not your friend right now. I'm not your friend yet. Give me another five minutes. Oh, As an example of like me controlling the temperature in the room to bring it down because I thought it way down because he had a right to be upset. And then allowing him his five minutes to watch his Animal Planet show, right, and me bringing up a joke and us being able to kind of immediately move on. Like, it wasn't something for us to dwell upon. He hasn't ever brought it back up. It wasn't a continuous issue. It was a moment of, I know this man willing us to know that what he needs is a little silence, a little bit of time. Don't say silence to Black women. Timka, you getting dangerous, girl. And I mean, also, let me say, silence is a tool for me because I was using it to process myself. What what had just happened? Did I even need to bring it back? Did I need to make it a bigger deal? Or could I tell a joke and we move on, which is exactly what we did? And so I think it's understanding going way back to that people-pleasing mentality. No one is going to be happy 24-7, 365. Right. No one. No one. No, you're not gonna. You're not perfect. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna disappoint someone. Um, someone's not gonna be happy. I'm not gonna like what you said. But just as I need time and space to process, I have to give that man that same time and space to process. And so, understanding that that processing part may look different for a man, right? He may not go talk to his friends. He may. I don't know. He may call his mama or whatever it is that he has to do. But understanding that we both need it and it would be a disservice to both of us if I'm not showing up for him how I need him to show up for me. And so that's another example of like that show and tell, show and prove um, versus me getting loud back, arguing back. I'm not I'm not going to do that. I just I, I and you were wrong. You didn't do whatever it was. So you know how crazy you look starting stuff and popping off when you're wrong. I mean, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Do you want to be right or do you want to be in a relationship? Right? Because you immediately confessed your error, apologized, and that brought him all the way down. You know, not to get to quote in the Bible, but I think there's a Hebrew proverb that says something like a soft answer turns away wrath. I think there's another Hebrew proverb that says something like, even a fool is deemed wise when he knows when to hush. Correct. Right? So bringing the temperature down. And by the way, I said proverb on purpose because proverbs are wise sayings and wisdom is feminine. I'm gonna let y'all do with that what y'all wanna do with that. But this is, you see Timka, merging these things. At first, she learned them in is in isolation, right? Me and her just coaching. And then she tried to apply them or practice them in an isolated situation. But now you hear her merging them. She's merging setting the temperature with processing with studying that man, right? And so not for nothing. But if we're going to talk about another exchange, men seek women's study. And so the relationship benefits when Timka is like, okay, I know I'm wrong. Cool, cool, cool. That's just a human being thing, right? Know when you're wrong. Be willing to repair. She, she, she admitted it. She apologized. And she's bringing the temperature down. 
bringing that soft answer in instead of wrath, even though, even though there's already tension and even though he has the right to be tense about it, but you can still, right. and then she's also incorporating silence, when to hush, when to know when he should be quiet too and giving him the space to be quiet. Yep. And then you're also, there's a little bit of femininity, you processing and allowing that space, but you're also merging femininity with culture. Black people um, use humor as a way to process. We use humor as a yeah. way to manage pain. We use humor as a way to be like, wait, you good? We back good? Right? And so right. you merged all of that together and you lowered that temperature or maybe warmed the temperature. If it was cold, you warmed it, right? So maybe you warmed the temperature, gave the space, and then culturally put in a bid for the humor. And even though he wasn't ready to laugh with you, the humor still made him respond in jest. I ain't your friend just yet. Exactly. Give me five more minutes, then we can kiki. <laughs> Exactly. So I, I, I definitely agree with all of that. Um, I think another example, this one is reversed to where I was a little upset about something. Um, it was something that he, I said to him and he didn't like what I said. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. This whole truth telling thing has to go both ways. Right. Um, and so I made a comment, we were eating dinner, I made a comment, he kind of got a little like, well, blah, 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 <laughs> I was like, whoa, wait a minute, sir, what I told you was the truth, and I didn't do it maliciously or angrily or, you know, like, I just really was like, factually, this is, this is what I'm seeing, and so instead of me reacting in the moment, when he got a little, uh, you know, he got a little, he react, he reacted to what I said. Mm -hmm. Instead of me reacting back, I just said, okay. And I went back to eating my dinner and drinking my wine and having a nice little night. And I waited. I waited, I think I waited like five, six days before I brought it back up. And I said, hey, I want to talk about what happened last weekend when I said what I said. Um, and because I was able to resurface the conversation, conversation, to resurface that conversation in a soft and caring way because he knew I didn't say it maliciously. He knew right. I didn't say it to to poke fun or anything like that. I brought it up because I'm concerned. Right. Right. I'm concerned about you. And so I said, I think that we need to, I need to understand what goes on what is what is happening internally for you to get upset about me saying this fact because it was a fact um it was a fact you got to say that because men are all like we're logical yeah yes yeah. you are but don't act don't say that like you're not emotional because you are exactly and don't say it like you always respond positively to logic because even when women bring up straight facts sometimes y'all still react which he did now keep going and so in that resurface of the conversation, it ushered in a new level of intimacy and me understanding his 
childhood, the relationships he had when he was younger, um, some of the the true themes. I think you know every. I do believe that every we're again people have patterns, so we all have themes that come come up for us. Yeah. Um. Understand like being able to. I literally wrote in my journal that night. I said, "Oh, it all makes sense now, right?" Because <laughs> he to like tie it all together for me to say this happened, and then this happened. And then this happened, and this is why I acted this way, right? But it was because I waited until we had moved on. We were joking. It was cool. I think there's something to be said about giving yourself time to understand a man. And for Jimbe and I, that did happen pretty quickly. There were a couple situations that I think pressed fast forward <laughs> on that process. Um but in general, I think that's like, personally, I think it takes minimum five months for you to like let the representative and nice cities go and you start to dig into who this man really is because life will happen. Inside. Life, life go life. What does he do in order for you to make the best decisions for yourself? Um, so, yeah, that's another example of like male nature, understanding him, understanding your power. Right, and showing him grace, kindness, um, space to really show up and give you that intimacy that's deeper than like sending TikToks and memes back and forth and talking on the phone every day. And let me say, we did not talk on the phone every day. During the week, we really didn't talk at all because he worked um, an intense work schedule. And so that was something I had to work through with Joyce. I'd be like, I ain't having this man in four days. And she would be like, Tim, you're going to talk to him tomorrow. Relax. And that's exactly what happens. <laughs> Let him work. I think that's Let him work. Because okay. if a man perceives you to be an intention threat to him working and building, you put yourself in a position for him to leave you or use you. Right? And I'm not saying that's right. But I'm saying as a woman, you need to understand how to best position yourself with the man. You are how you are positioning yourself, particularly in that example you just shared, you are giving yourself insight on if, how, and how much a man can receive your spirit. And mm -hmm. that's so valuable, especially when it comes to, to intimacy building, right? Like you have all this energy to give, right? All this feminine energy to give because you've already deemed him worth it in whatever regard you have the question is does he have the capacity for it can he receive Ooh. it can he hold it that comes up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so when you commit to i'm going to be this type of woman now don't don't get me wrong men in the way that they show up protect provide and cover the way that they do that can evoke higher levels of womanliness, can evoke higher levels of femininity out of you. That is a thing. However, there has to be a standard form, an operating procedure, practice, whatever you wanna call it, that you have already decided as a woman, this is what Temka is going to give. This is who Temka is going to be. And that doesn't have anything to do with a man. 
and everything to do with how you have decided that you wanna be. Because sometimes there's this messaging, and I know you've heard it, where women are like, well, I can't be fully feminine unless he's fully masculine. I'm like, girl, what? What? (laughs) Now, does a man who shows up again, protect, provide, and please you in the ways that you're looking for, receives your spirit and has the capacity for it, does he get higher levels of you, deeper, deeper connection with you in ways that nobody else does or unique unto himself? Yes. But don't confuse that with there should be a quality and a standard of womanliness that you possess just because you are a woman and you've decided to be her. Right. And so when you were speaking to that, you're like, this is just who I am. And and almost any man now we, we know not exactly any, but in almost any man who I interact with would get this portion of me because this is just who I am as a woman. And then a certain man who's done specific things, I can expand and multiply that effort. But if I'm going to expand and multiply that effort, what's your capacity game look like? Can you receive me? Mm -hmm. And so I love that as you brought your portion, multiplied it, he expanded his capacity to receive who you are as a woman. Jimbe and I are no longer dating, but the reason that we aren't is because he recognized who I am as a woman and said, you know what, Timka, let me, actually, I need more, I need to figure out some things first. Um, And so initially I was really sad. Joyce got my little my little, like, what do I do? You know, like, she heard my panic. Um, but I took, I, pro- went, I went away, I processed, and I was able to say, you know what? I'm grateful to this man for telling me that, Timka, you are showing up as a woman I desire and need. However, I'm not that man to accept it yet, Right. So we're going to let him take his own warrior journey. Um, you know, they have the initiation and the manhood and all those things. He has to do all, you know, he's doing those, he's doing his work. He right. Um, and in fact, we were on the phone last week and he mentioned something to me that I had a desire for him to do. And he figured it out on his own. He said, actually, I need to do these three things. And I said, absolutely. You know what? I'm happy you mentioned that because you figured it out yourself, right? And so um, understanding that, like, to Joyce's point, there is a, I have a new standard for how I show up now in dealing with a, the man that I desire, that prototype, the man that fits into certain qualities and traits. He actually needs, we have to understand that we can't say we want a man who's a leader and then you not know how to follow that kind of don't make sense, right? So we got to be able to tie both together. There has to be a flip side to every quality and trait that we desire. Yes, I can also lead, but do I also know how to listen and follow? Does he know how to listen and follow? Does he know how to defer to me on certain things where I may be a better leader? So understanding that it takes both. You can ask for a trait, but you also need that opposite trait or that trait that supports or complements whatever you're looking for. And so I think, you know, Joyce has, Joyce reminded me that this this was a righteous rejection, right? Because he saw me in my full 
woman, and I wasn't giving him everything. Let me just make it very clear. Because we were on the phone every we weren't texting every day. I wasn't like proclaiming my love. I wasn't doing I I literally just had a little drop, drip, drip, drop here and there. And he was like, actually, this I, I'm not the man you deserve right now. When the man does that register for for the woman that I am experiencing, do I have it? Because that is the question a man is asking himself. It's usually being decided in two ways. One, him really assessing does he have it. And two, if he believes you would give it to him anyway. And when he made the register, he said, I'm not that yet. I'm not that yet. And Timka isn't going to allow me to take up this space without me being that fully. So I'm going to do us both a service. I'm not going to let her have to tell me. And I'm not going to stick around in this and let it crash and burn because it would be moving in an undeveloped way once a man has had enough of what he's need to experience to make that register for himself, which you said about five to six months and you were right, right? Like it took him about that time. And he said, yeah, I'm not there yet. But I loved that he did not try to take up your time and space. Meaning, yeah, I know that I'm not there, but I want you to just surface around in my orbit until I get there. Absolutely. Now, he didn't even come at you like that because he knows who you are as a woman. And he also did not use it as the opportunity to be lazy or not to do anything. He said, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it, but I'm not going to ask you to wait around or expect for you to or penalize you for not wanting to. I'm going to work on it. And if once I feel confident in who I need to be as a man to actually be in the graces and spaces of Timka, the woman, I'll revisit that if the opportunity is open. But for now, I love what we have. So let's be friends. But I'm not there. And that is righteous because why? would you get into a relationship with an underdeveloped man who has not shown you the amount of progress you want to see this does develop mean perfect no but it means i know i need to see these areas be evolved for me to commit to you as a woman and give you all of the goodliness that i have correct and just to, to add a bit more context joyce and i in group we have hit a list of like the four things I needed to see before we were going to take the next step. And so I hadn't even, I think I had brought the conversation up and he was like, actually, I don't want to talk about this right now. And I said, okay, we can talk about it later. Cause we were going to talk about it later. And he realized, I think, Oh, maybe a two week period later that actually you, I didn't even have to, Give him the list for him to be like, there are some things that I need to work on for myself. And so let me not hold you up from you living your best life. The Sacred Sisterhood Circle is a quick but intimate round of prompts that I'll feed you and you'll simply reply with the closest truth in your heart at the moment. Are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite word to describe Black women? I feel like we're joyful. What's one affirming quality about Black men that you want them to know? I feel like Black men are visionaries. What's one of your personal or feminine superpowers? Um, 
definitely my ability to well to one is listen i I do pride myself on being a good listener and not just listening to respond, but I'm listening to process and understand actually your position. Um, and then I think I'm a good apologizer. At Match Mary Mate, we approach life and its events joyfully. Tell us one hard thing that's happened recently that you've joyfully reframed. Um, definitely that righteous rejection um, and walking away from someone who at this moment is not what I need. Speak to a younger black woman in this moment and gift her with one thing you wish you knew or realized 10 years ago. Don't take life so seriously. You need to be enjoying just as much as you're working. What's your greatest lesson learned from dating and relationships? My man, that feeling chill is the greatest lesson I've learned. I will stand 10 toes down on like, girl, call your mama and talk to her before you go to that man and show you're crazy. Last but not least, what's the best advice you've received as a woman? I would say you don't have to accept everything that's given to you. Timka, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. We end every episode with thought or heart-provoking questions for your journal. Journaling is simply prayers on paper, and the most high tends to those too. Dear listener, are you a people pleaser? Do you just give in because people are nice? Do you connect well with men? What does your emotional barometer feel like? And... Are you a safe space for the men in your life? It's okay to write about the blessings and the burdens. Pour it out into your journal today. Release yourself, free yourself, and most of all, be yourself. P.S. No woman is better at being you than you. If you're interested in my research interests or projects, or want me to speak about it, or my dating and relationship coaching practice at your next event, you can reach me at hello at matchmarymate.com. Do not forget to download your episode 18 guide. If you're already on the Match Mary Mate subs list, it's in your inbox. To join, click the link in the show notes. Our next episode is titled Her Healing Journey, where a Match Mary Mate client discusses her relationship with herself, her relationship with her mother, and her new approach to dating and navigating men. If you wanna share some topics you like to hear on the show, please use the comments feature on this episode or shoot me an email at podcast at matchmarymate.com. Another thank you to Timka for spending time with me in the studio today and sharing her story with the Match Mary Made audience. Today, I leave you with Timka's favorite African proverb, a Somali proverb, be a mountain or lean on one. Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Made show. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go, and I'll be with you in the next episode.